Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Last time I was in this, I would say warehouse, I don't want to even call it a warehouse, it was bustling with people, but we're talking with Beth Kilmer, who is the owner proprietress, that sounds like a fancy term. Oh, I like that. Proprietress of Sage Vintage. <laughs> Which is located at 1805C Virginia Street. And that's, uh, I like to say, it's like the old lady named Streets. Yeah. And after this design. That's right. Um, you have to step Margaret named Virginia. That's right. You're right. I never thought about it like that. Gladys and Wilma. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you are part of the local by design, um, say conglomerate. But I mean, there's several local by design. First of all, for everyone that probably knows me, is one of my favorite stores down on Main Street. Uh, it's wonderful for gifts and Christmas and people that you don't know what to get for. That's it's awesome. Um, but they also have a location in the Annapolis Mall. But they have local by design at the gallery, mm-hmm. which is on Margaret Avenue. Mm-hmm. And recently they s- expanded the area to Virginia Street and another big, I don't know how big this place is. Yeah. And you are a huge part of it. And this is such a cool, funky little. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Welcome. Um, well, a sage vintage. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been around? I mean, obviously, this has only been here, what, seven months? Right. So six months I've been here in this space. So Local by Design at the Gallery was here um, on Margaret Avenue. And then space opened up. Basically, the buildings back up to each other. And so this space opened up. And the owner of Local by Design said, well, you know, I'm thinking about taking these spaces. Would anybody be interested? And I raised my hand and I'm like, yeah, I would love to be over here. Uh, at the time I was over sharing a very small space in the Margaret side and wanted to, we call it the Margaret side and the Virginia side just because uh, it's separated by an alley. Right. We're calling it a courtyard, right? Thank you. <laughs> We're creating like, just kind of like a, a cool sort of festival experience out in the, out in the courtyard. Um, where you can just walk from one building into the next. And um, we have one of our local artists painted a beautiful mural out there, so there's a good photo wall. We have a lot of plans for things that are going on, on out there. But the to go back to Local by Design, it's kind of like a co-op. And so what happens is we have a bunch of, at this location, we have 25 different vendors who are here who all operate their own businesses under the umbrella of Local by Design. So. That's very cool. Isn't that cool? It's a co-op kind of thing. So we can all have our own shops and our own businesses and here. And your own identity and everything else. Our own else. identity here, but then, yeah. Well, I, as I look around here, you've got such cool furniture, and it really does bring me back to my childhood. Thank you. Which really sort of pisses me off that you're calling it vintage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Let I'm me like, tell you, it's really hard to walk in when I go picking and I'm in a thrift shop somewhere and I see my childhood toys labeled as vintage. That's like the most <laughs> horrific thing to wrap I, your head around. It's like, wait a minute, I had that record player or I had that Barbie or I had that whatever. And it's like, what do you mean it's vintage? Similar when I go out walking, I'll, I'll see a car that has like an historic, historic plate. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I need to key that car or something <laughs> like that. That's Wait a minute, I drove that car when I, when I was 19. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, I got up this morning and I was able to put two feet on the ground, so yeah. we'll call all good. It's we'll call all it good. a win. But this is really neat. So what's your background? I mean, how did you get into retail? Was it 
you know, bad drugs or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it, you might think that by looking around. I don't know. But it's, I have always loved antique and vintage furniture and things. And so um, over the years and decades, really, of doing different things, I've always, in some iteration, been doing this. And so um, <clears throat> when it came time that I had the opportunity to, to be here at Local by Design and, and be in this space, I decided that I wanted to just sort of turn it into this mid-century modern kind of experience for people. And for me, I, I kind of cut my teeth on the 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 period antiques like the really fine pieces and like a thousand years ago i was at a shop called antiques along the boulevard in savannah park and i ended up having rented out almost all the space with the exception of like the jewelry counter who was operated right. by the owner and and like a wall of glass on the back that a vintage glass guy did but otherwise i had the spaces filled with vintage or i should say period antique pieces really nice pieces and then um the crash happened and so nobody was buying anything like that anymore. And I closed the business and then kind of came back around to it again because I felt like I really just needed a creative outlet. I was doing other things and decided that I will kind of pretty much lose my mind if I don't have a creative outlet. And so to me, this was something that I wanted to get back into again. And when I started here at local, I was doing a little bit more rustic, different inventory. And I had been doing a big, there's a big show called Luckett's. That's out What's it in called? Luckett's. That's out in Berryville, Virginia. It's a huge, big thing. If you've never been, you need to go. It's a lot of fun. It's a three day festival, basically of vintage things. And it is at the Marion County Fairgrounds. It's 10,000 people over three days. Oh, wow. Uh huh. And so I would do this and we would like rent the big box truck and haul of our stuff out. And we would be there for five days and we would, you know, set up and sell and load up what was left and come home. And it was fun. I loved it. I have a vintage Airstream that I bring out there, which is really cool. Ah. And, um, you know, I brought that kind of stuff here into Annapolis to sell and it really wasn't taken off. And so I'm like, well, hmm, okay. Well, what else can I do that's vintage that I think would appeal to the Annapolis area. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, nobody's really doing good mid-century modern here in this town. You can't find it in this town if you want it. Well, define mid-century modern for me. So mid-century modern is like... It's, it's a buzzword. Yeah, it's a, it is a buzzword. It's become a buzzword, which is fascinating to me. But um, basically, it's anything that was made mid-20th century. Okay. So at that time, our country was coming out of the war, and um, there was a movement towards more organic clean lines that were more simple that focused on the family and the nuclear family the you know what's important in life kind of stuff okay and so the things that came out of that time period were also they needed to be affordable and so they were mass produced but the designers were looking at it in terms of okay how can we utilize the technology that allows us to mass produce furniture and sell it to the middle class, but also make it beautiful and functional, but not too frilly. Like a lot of the older antiques and sure. time periods where all people think like, Oh, frillies and scrolls and yada, yada, yada. But if you look around here, you'll see curves, but you won't see frilly. And to me, like mid-century for me really hits that sweet spot of like... So that's, is that like the 40s to the 70s-ish? So technically it's a little tighter than that. Technically it's really in the 1950s. But for me personally, I am in the late 40s okay. to 50s to 60s. And I will 
creep into the early 70s because it's just groovy stuff and I love it and it's a lot of fun and, and to me that's still like mid-centuries well, I'm I, older. I, I, so. I look around and I, I get a, a Brady Bunch vibe oh cool to, yeah. to a degree yeah um, nobody's I mean, ever said that before that's kind of cool. yeah you would see the orange mm-hmm. kitchen or mm-hmm. the green bathrooms mm-hmm. and the avocado appliances which right. um, were all all in there and I you know it's it is very funky, and I, I appreciate that there are no doilies here. No, no doilies. Um, I, I have an aversion to doilies. That was out of my first marriage. I was yes. moving forward. I said I am yeah. a doilyless person yeah, going forward. Moving forward. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you sell pretty much everything. I mean, I'm looking around mm-hmm. on the walls. You've got you know giant art pieces of art. You've got small mm-hmm. pieces of art. You've got uh, some candles. You've got you know, furniture, carpets. Um, yeah, oh, I love vintage rugs. I'm, I'm so passionate about vintage rugs. So this is a, another thing that people don't, this is not really mid-century, but I blend it in because they were all made, most of them were made mid-century. Um, some of them are actually antique, so there's some in here that are over 100 years old that are beautiful. You know, one thing I will say is that, I mean, you talked about how they had to manufacture these and they had to figure out how to do this and everything else. I mean, the manufacturing you know, which is very disappointing to me is that as we've moved on from mid-century to current times, we've lost the quality in manufacturing 100%. that's there. Uh, you, 100%. You know, we're, I'm sitting here on, I don't know whether it's real ostrich, but it looks like ostrich <laughs> yeah. chairs. But I mean, these, but are, how cool, right? these are probably 1950s. They are. And they were mass produced and they were considered, you know, just what a middle class family would have. And they're, they're not wobbly. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're a hundred and or a hundred. They're, they're 50, you know, don't 50, make me that 70, old. 70 years old. Right. But I mean, you know, this is not a, and I don't mean to diss on Ikea because they've got its place in the world, but I mean, this is not an Ikea piece no. of furniture that's, you know, got some kind of a hex nut yeah. that's going to fall apart. You don't need an Allen wrench to put it together. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> they, they come pre-assembled. Imagine that. It's actually already assembled. Yeah. So but, to me, this is, um, you know, I'll often say that like Ikea, I mean, yes, I love Ikea too. And it absolutely has its place. Meatballs are awesome. And sometimes I walk through Ikea and I think like between this and the container store, it would solve all my problems, you know, (laughs) but, um, including that full wallet. Right. But at the same time, I know that a hundred years from now, there there isn't going to be an Ikea family. It's all compressed particle board. It's going to fall apart. Um, and it won't be here. It won't be here in 50 years or 75 years or a hundred years, but this this stuff is still here. It was mass produced, but it was quality mass production. It was not produced over in, you know, Southeast Asia. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's it just wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think one of the things that is like, I'll take Pyrex for an example here. So there's a huge, big boom in, py- you know, what Pyrex is. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> do. And, I, and I've, been, I've been more than ever to put it into the um, dishwasher. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Pyrex? Pyrex is on the dishwasher. No, that, that's the measure. That's the glass measuring cups. Yeah. What, are the, what are the ones that have the different kind of bowls? Yeah. There's, well, so see those, see those over there, those are Pyrex, see the blue and yeah, the white. But yeah, but those can't go in the dishwasher. I would not put those in the dishwasher because they're now very valuable. That's, that's, that was my point, is that that's the kind of stuff that was made for the everyday kitchen in the 50s and the 60s. Right. Right? Like, everybody had it. It was no big deal. It would be like your Rubbermaid, okay? And now, 
Some of them, because the patterns are different, they, people collect all the patterns and they collect all the colors in those patterns. Some of those bowls are going for $400 a piece. There's a store in Harvard the Grace. <laughs> yes. That, oh, that, they're having a big Pyrex Vintage Festival um, okay. next weekend, I think. So. My, my girlfriend goes up there all yes, the time to go yes, there to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. One I'll time be I up was, there next weekend. <laughs> early on in the relationship one time, it almost ended over this because I did grab one of those oh. big Pyrex bowls that her mother had given her mm-hmm. and was headed it. to the dishwasher. And it was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. I've had those moments. Those moments have actually happened in my very house <laughs> where I pretty much had a meltdown because, you know, like an aluminum colander went through the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. dishwasher. But anyway, yeah, so that stuff was mass produced for everybody. You could buy it in the grocery store. And now some of them are $400 a bowl. Yeah, that and, was probably SNH green stamps. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm like, my mother would be rolling over in her grave like her Pyrex. And when I think about what, when I cleaned out my parents' home, um, I donated so much of this stuff because it was 15 years ago. I had no idea that mid-century would be having a moment and I would want it all back. Well, that that's an, uh, brings up a good point now is that most of the kids today, and I say kids, I mean the young adults that are moving out of the houses and starting their own lives and getting yeah. their own places and everything else. It's like they don't want anything reminiscent of their childhood, your parents' childhood furniture artwork or anything like that i'm finding that so? so i find that there's um the 20 somethings the 30 somethings and into the early 40s tend to be really loving this time period for some reason now they don't have the history with it that we do um but they come in here and they're like i'm you know nothing against pottery barn or crate and barrel i love those stores but there there's a fatigue level like I feel like it's saturated for a lot of these kids mm-hmm. and they want something that looks different and yet is affordable. So to me, one thing that was very important to me when I opened my shop was that I had a variety of price points. I want it to be something where, you know, the young adult who's coming in, who wants to furnish their first place, whether it's an apartment or their first home or whatever, can afford quality and drop $25 on a centerpiece for a table or something right. like that. And be like, So I have pieces in here at a very affordable price point and I have pieces in a, in sort of a mid-level price point. And then I have very high end collectible, covetable pieces that serious collectors are going to be like, Oh my God, that's like, so I have a room divider over there. That's Kent coffee perspective. And that's like the Holy grail for people that collect Kent coffee perspective. So that's in here. If you're in your mid-20s, you're not going to be able to afford that piece. And I understand that. However, the dinette with the four chairs over there is very affordable if you're interested in it. And not only is it affordable, it's different than what everybody else has. And it's got that sort of energy about it that just is like, it's cool and it's funky. And it's going to be around forever. Like, that will move with you. You jump back to the quality again. Absolutely. The quality that, is... That, that, will, that will survive that U-Haul. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and what are the... Cha- I mean, honestly, again, nothing against Ikea, but how many moves is it really going to survive? Oh, true. Right? Because it's just not built to withstand I, that I mean, I've thing. done several moves for my kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and there's some... You know, I, I don't know whether it's Ikea or whoever, but some other bookcase or something like that. It just doesn't make it. God it's forbid like, it get a drop of rain on it, too. It's been wobbling for 300 <laughs> yeah. miles, and it's it's ready to fall. Oh, I know. And, you know, so it just, it just can't handle that kind of stuff. And um, so part of what I want to do is make 
make things that are beautiful and functional, affordable. And so I'm always on the lookout for things that I can offer to younger adults that give them that sort of funky, different feel. But at the same time, you know, it will be affordable and it will last. It will be there for them um, as long as they need it. And one of the cool things that happened, um, I want to say like before the summer, I had a fantastic dinette with the Formica top and the chrome edging mm -hmm. and it had the chairs with it were not vinyl and chrome they were wood and chrome and i've never seen a set like that before so the way i pick well, pick is really a you know like when you go searching and hunting for treasure basically sure. so the way i pick is like if something just like i don't know what it is it just jumps out at me and i'm like oh my god that's amazing i want to have that for my shop so i brought it i got it i brought it in here and i set it up and the first thing that I noticed was that people of a certain age would come in and run their hand across the top of it. They were touching it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And then they would say to me, oh, my God, this was in my mom's kitchen. This is the table I grew up at. Sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, and the feelings that that evokes and the energy that that evokes is what I am here for, 100%. Yeah, and that, then the buyer of that dinette set, incidentally, was a young woman who was buying her first home. And her mom was in here with her, and she bought it for her as a housewarming present. And I was cool. like, literally tearing up because I'm like, you're the person I had in mind. When I found that table, when I, when I picked when it I up. found that table and I'm like, your friends are going to come over and go, oh my God, where did you get this? And you're going to sit around it and you're going to have meals and you're going to play cards and it's going to move with you. And it might end up in your family room someday, but then your kids are going to be out, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that is what I am here for. You know, it's funny. I saw a video and sort of similar to that where a house was for sale and the woman came into the realtors like it was all sort of set up but it was like she's like this this is the house that i grew up yeah. in and it's you know she's been now you know 40 years or whatever it may be and you know some things have changed and modernized and everything else and her husband had put a down payment on the house without her knowing it, Aww, it was the whole big yeah. you know but it was just the memories as you said you know you run yeah, the hand yeah. across the memories come back and it's like wow this was such a great place. Okay, no, it didn't have the granite countertop, but it, yeah, uh, no, it, you know, but this is this this island was here. This yeah. was, you know, I split my chin on that, right? <laughs> you know, whatever exactly. It be. It's really very, really very neat, and that's yeah. um, and that's to me, that's kind of what it's all about. Um, well, do you remember? Uh, go back a little bit to the Pyrex. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was called Coriel or Corel, Corel. dishes. Mm -hmm. Corel and Corningware. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom was so happy when she got those. She said, because yeah. they were unbreakable. Yep. And I proved that that was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I remember showing her friend, I was like, you know, you picked it up. I said, hey, you know, these things are unbreakable. And it does it not mean they can bounce off the floor, John. Well, I turned around, I dropped on the floor, <laughs> and it just shattered right there. I said, okay, well. <laughs> It's like the indestructible dog toy. Let's really let's prove that theory. <laughs> you, you haven't you haven't met my dog yet. Right? <laughs> All right, you haven't met my dog. Well, um, I mean, you talked about going to this festival in Virginia, and you talked about seeing different things. Where do you get? And then the really cool thing about Sage Vintage is that this has all changed since I came here right. two weeks ago. Right. Things are coming mm -hmm. and going, and this is I've got a, I've got one friend that will argue with himself for months about buying a $2.99 app on his phone 
this is not the place for him. No. And um, that makes me sad. That breaks my heart when people come in and they're like, oh my God, it's gone. And I said, what are you talking about? Which, which piece? And oh, that brown leather chair. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I didn't come in and get it. I'm like, oh gosh. And, and, and it's not like you can pick up the phone or tap onto the computer and say, okay, well, we can get another yeah, one for you. Right. And that is something that everybody needs to know. If you see it, you really need to make a decision fairly quickly. I never put pressure on anybody, but you need to understand that it might not be here the next time you come in. Um, because will you hold something um, for a couple days? Uh, usually, I don't, just because I have so many people coming in and looking, and I kind of, you know, learned the hard way that I can hold something, and then that person never materializes, and I've lost the possibility, perhaps. That's of, that's, that's fair of selling it. So. Um, I will certainly take information from people if somebody is interested in a piece. And I did have one, um, I had a big cabinet that somebody really wanted, but they couldn't quite pull the trigger on. They were a little mm -hmm. nervous to do. And I said, well, give me your phone number if anybody else looks at it. It was one of our market weekends here at Local by Design. So there's a lot of people coming through. And I said, if anybody else shows any interest in it, I'll give you right a first refusal, but you need to be here as soon as, like, basically after you hang up the, the phone, right? Sure. And, but otherwise, no, I can't really put holds on things. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I think... Because the inventory is changing a lot too, so uh, as fast as it leaves, something else comes in, you know. And one of the things that I love to do is between each big market weekend sale that we have here, I will completely redesign and restyle the whole space. So folks will come in and be like, "Oh my God, is this new?" It's, no, it wasn't new. It was here the last time. It's just in a different place. Did you guys get new ownership. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's that plus the combination of inventory turning over so i sell something and one of the things you learn at luckets is um if something big sells you have to be ready to fill it and redesign everything and rejig everything really quickly like on the fly because otherwise you have this gaping hole oh, in your, yeah <laughs> and that doesn't look so good so i kind of cut my teeth on that so when something here sells i'm ready to either reorganize or pull something from storage real quick and then come just like design a completely new scenario well it's, it's kind of it's it's constantly evolving it seems i mean mm -hmm. it's just you know if yeah if, and if, I, if i buy the gumball machine that's here you know I, I put it in my car and i'm sure beth is in the back saying okay well what can i put here i'm going to put a exactly or i'll do something else and to me that's part of the fun of the challenge of this space is to keep it fresh and to keep just doing new things all the time because you can't be at least i can't be a one-trick pony doing this i really just need to be able to true think on my feet and redesign and show and, and i think that's a good that's a good example for people who come in that might not have this particular skill set that come in and be like i don't exactly know what to do with this piece in my house how would i do it not only am i showing you a way how to do it but i'm showing you in real time how quickly you can reorganize things and still make it look good and still make it work and still make it flow and your house doesn't have to look like a pottery barn catalog all the time like and sometimes it, it shouldn't and it I shouldn't mean, I, and not, again nothing against pottery barn i have friends that like they love it and that's their thing and i think i was probably one of those people in, in my early 20s but it is something that expresses who you are and so if you find a piece that you love put it in your home and that tells people who you are that tells your story i i agree i mean i think for yeah. a while our, our decor went to um you know early american farmhouse and you had the mm -hmm. the barn doors i had and, a very big and, moment and the the the, uh, the slate color blue was mm -hmm. huge and mm -hmm. absolutely everything and then and, and i'm saying in this area a lot about beachy 
kind mm-hmm. of motifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this is really something that can, as, as you said, really identify who you are and set your yeah, own Yeah, because I feel little, like it's, you know, you're not boring. Why should your home be? You know, it should. That's a great line. <laughs> you're not boring. Why should your home be? Right. I mean, you're an individual. So your home's, it telegraphs your, your personality and what's important to you. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a way of self-expression. What you put in your home is a way of self-expression. And it shouldn't matter what anybody else thinks about that. And some people will come in here and they'll find a piece that they love. And they'll say, oh, but I don't know if it goes with my other things. And the first thing I say to them every time is, if you love it, it will go with your things. That's what's important. It doesn't matter if it's all one style or whatever. Make it an eclectic mix. But if you love it, it will all work together. It will. Promise promise you it will all work together. Where do you get all of your inventory? And I mean, you mentioned, you know, the festival there. I mean, are you... Are you a, a garage sale, flea market kind of a... I am. I am also a... I have a truck that has an ungodly number of miles on it every year because <laughs> I am always in it on the hunt for, you know, amazing things. And I will drive pretty much up and down the eastern seaboard looking for things. Some people come to me with things. They're cleaning out a house, maybe cleaning out a parent's house. And they're saying, you know, we have these sofas. Would you be interested so people will approach me as well, but more um, more than anything, I am constantly looking on marketplace and looking at you know flea markets and estate sales and just about anywhere I can drive in a day okay. <laughs> is where I will go. And I have gone as far west as the Midwest, like this very cool pendant right above us that came from a picking trip to the Midwest. Um, and the funny thing is, when I found that, I was like. I'm going to hang that in my shop someday. And this was years and, and, ago. And, and I had no clue what I'm mean, like. And my fiance at the time was like, why is there a giant white pendant light in the back of your pickup truck? Like, because it's going in my shop someday. And he's like, all right, uh, yeah, where are we going to put it? Put it in the meantime. Right? <laughs> and sure enough, here it is. And so, yeah, so I, I, I love the thrill of the hunt. I've heard that there's like this big market for Florida. Yeah, that you've got a, a number of fairly affluent folks that have retired to Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they're they probably perhaps lived in that mid, you know, mid century mm-hmm. world, and they may have decorated stuff. But typically, they're the ones that are going to have the more substantial, the more solid, the, mm-hmm. the more yeah. There's real, good stuff down there, real furniture. Mm-hmm. And then when they move on, whether it be to assisted living or pass on or something like that, it's just, you know, sort of like, hey, there's a treasure trove mm-hmm. of stuff that goes. And I've heard that there's oh, a number yeah. of people that will bring that back yeah. up north. And the show. funny thing is, somebody taught me this probably 25 years ago when I first started to get into antiques. He said, really what happens is the same inventory just passes up and down the East Coast. I said, what? He goes, just watch. You'll see something that'll start in Florida and end up in Massachusetts eventually. Then it'll come back down. So it's just kind of like this, this super highway of you know vintage and antiques that goes up and down the East Coast. And sure enough, he was right. So yes, and to me that speaks to the sustainability of this stuff once again because if it wasn't made well, it could not hold up to that kind sure, of goes to the passing along. And then it, yeah, and and what I don't want is for all this beautiful stuff to end up in the landfill. Again, because of sustainability, you want to be able to decorate in a way that um, 
you know, keeps this stuff out of our landfills and our dumps and um, sort of dampens down that sort of fast fashion, fast furniture kind of thing. So and taking it to the landfill fills up the landfill. It doesn't crush really. Correct. <laughs> it's going to take like 500 years for some of this stuff to decompose. And so, um, yeah, let's, let's use it. Let's enjoy it. I mean, the people, particularly in, in this time period, these folks knew how to have fun. Mm-hmm. They knew how to have, I mean, where else are you going to find a coffee table that has a built-in beer cooler in it? Like, have you seen it over there? I've, I've not seen that, but yeah. No, I mean, I mean some of the stuff I'll have that to show come you. out of that. There, there's a coffee table over there in the style of Milo Baum, and I couldn't find the mark, but I'm pretty sure it is. And it has a an inset in it that is a beer cooler. It has wine storage on the side and magazine and book storage on the other side. Well, I remember my grandmother's house I mean, with, the, with, the, with the television console sets yeah. and, and the, the stereo on the top that lifted yeah. over and then another one lifted over and it was like a liquor cabinet and it was just this mm-hmm. big, huge piece of furniture. No, they knew how to have fun. And, you know, again, they were kind of coming out of that post-war, they were in that post-war time period. And, you know, organically, this movement kind of grew where they wanted to kind of calm the chaos and focus on the, what's important, which are our relationships with other people and just focus on families and friends and gathering and to me i feel like we're in that place again you know and so this time period i i believe that one of the reasons it appeals so much to the younger generations is that it is because it it brings people together again it just also dawned on me that i think also the younger generation that is coming in here and appreciating this this is something that they didn't live with right uh, they live with the with the crap that their parents have. Yeah. Um, yeah and true. you know, I, you know, maybe maybe if my mom wanted to give me this, you know, the table with the metal banding around the side and the formica top, whether I would have been like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I know. But see, it's it's great for the for that age group, but for the older age group, it's nostalgia and it's coming in and it's feeling good again. And somebody, I I can't tell you how many people come in here of a certain age and are like, I I just this was my home. Oh my God. And they get a little emotional. And, uh, and to me, that makes me feel good. And I say like, it's kind of the furniture version of comfort food. When okay. you're, you know, when you walk in here and you real you recognize and you remember, you know, when things were simpler and yeah, um, true. What's your favorite piece in here right now? I mean, and oh, I, geez, I, that's like picking a favorite kid. Um, no, it's not. Okay, I would have to say the Arnvader uh, gentleman's cabinet over there is my favorite because its design is so exquisite. The way it has tambour doors and they disappear as you open up and then the drawers on the left there, they all slide out. So originally that was designed to be a gentleman's wardrobe, basically. So you would fold your shirts and your undershirts and whatever and put it on those shelves that slide out. And then sweaters and pants and whatever would be folded and put on the right. Um, And it's so exquisite that when the doors are closed, you don't see the micro cuts that are made in the door that allow it to bend but when you run your hand over it you can feel them them. like oh my gosh this is just exquisite furniture it's exquisite so that's my favorite my number one favorite right now not the lamp over the lamp overhead but i do i I have a couple well so this this guy's one of my favorites too that's the only thing in the store that's not for sale 
Now, is that is that um, that's easy rider? That's easy rider. Right? Yeah. And when I found it, it wasn't framed, and um, it's Peter Fonda on chopper, and it was labeled as cool vintage motorcycle print. <laughs> and I was like, as it is, um, yeah. It's also Peter Fonda in Easy Rider on Chopper, and I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but only the last couple of words were out loud. The rest of it was like, oh, my goodness. So I had it framed and put it up here, and I just like, I love the vibe of it. And a lot of what I strive to do here is create a vibe. You know, it's like I want it to feel like a great place to come in and hang out. And honestly, there are, are times when I'm in here and I'm at my desk and I look up, and there are people sitting down in the different, what I call them rooms, the different rooms sure. around here, just catching up, just chatting. And I, I'm like, this is what I wanted. You know, like I want to bring people together. I feel like, you know, there's so much division right now. And no. <laughs> this, right? And this country, we're so divided. And the, the thought that... um we can't sit down around a table together at Thanksgiving because of our political views just like breaks my heart. So one of the things that's super important to me that I do in every, you will always see a table, a kitchen table in here. You will always see a kitchen table in my inventory because that's the nucleus of the family. Right. And you know, nothing against interior designers and architects, but I am not a fan of the kitchen Island. To me, the kitchen Island. It puts everybody in a row. You're not making eye contact, really. Just sort of sitting next to each other at a lunch counter and you're eating. When you're sitting down around a table, you have to look at each other and talk to each other. And you're coming together. And how many new homes have a space for a kitchen table? They don't. They have these islands. And, oh, look at this big... Well, yeah, I love to cook. and I love to spread out and make a mess when I'm cooking. But I don't want to eat there. Sure. <laughs> That's just no, my that personal opinion. And so, as divided as we are, I feel like we, we need bigger tables. We need bigger tables. And bigger kitchens. Bigger kitchens. <laughs> Although some of the kitchens around here are enormous. Yeah. Well, you mentioned market weekends yes. a couple of times. Tell us about, tell me about that. So, local by design, um, one weekend a month. Typically the last weekend of the month, but that does shift around a little bit. We open, everybody here, all of the vendors and artists here, we all open up for Friday Saturday and Sunday. We are open Wednesday through Friday uh, for 10 to 5. But then we kind of put on a big show and invite everybody in once a month. That's when I stumbled in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. That's when you were here, right? And the band was here and the, yeah. everybody yeah. was. And we're, you know, we have a lot of fun events planned where we're bringing people in to um, shop, but also to have an experience because it really is an experience. You wander through here, not just in my shop, but in everybody's spaces around here in local by design i always tell people like you're going to need to make more than one lap around here because there's just a lot to see there is i mean this is not i mean, I mean the area is a destination yeah but you know you, you've got you've got because we've got artists mm -hmm. that you know in, in painting we've got woodworkers there's you know and there's something for everybody here it's amazing there's so much deep talent in annapolis and this is just another expression of it. Like, look at all the amazing things that are created here or curated here and just get out here and, and experience it and come on out. So 
Well, you've got a website, shopsagevintage.com. Which, yes, it's under construction. Uh, you've, got, you've got the hammers and the screwdrivers <laughs> yes. out and everything else right now. But uh, you are huge on Instagram mm-hmm. as well as on Facebook. And you just want to look for Sage Vintage. Shop Sage Vintage. That's right. Sage Vintage on Instagram and um, Facebook. And you'll see a lot of, you know, I work hard to try to get all my current inventory up. I do the best that I can. But. So don't scroll too far because huh. that stuff's probably gone. Yeah, probably. But <laughs> if you see something there that you want and you love, just message me. And um, we're open Wednesday through Friday, but I can also be available for appointments. So if you see something you love, you can just well, let me know. Well, Beth, what's the most surprising thing that most people, what would surprise most people as they walk into Sage Vintage here? Um, other than seeing things from their childhood, I think the most surprising thing is that it, it, it's set up almost like a home where I think people, when they walk into a store, they're expecting a certain experience. And the way I've designed it in here is that there's almost individual rooms in here without walls, but if I you see look that. around, and my thought was always make it look like somebody just left the room. And to me, that makes it super inviting. So people come in and. Like I said, they put their hands on things and they sit down and they chat and they, um, you know, flip through books and and then they just chill and look at the vintage vinyl that's in here. And I think to me, they're that's very unexpected because they're used to mall shopping and walking in and seeing something in Crate and Barrel and, and you know what have you. But this is an experience. This isn't like a retail store so much as it's you come in here you experience it and then you get to take part of it home if you want well the one thing i do like is that it's not um i'm not walking into the store going oh i like this little bulldog tape dispenser but do, do you have it in a darker <laughs> yeah, no. See, you know, the only I mean, one that's right it, that that's what it is mm-hmm. and, and i think that's part of the appeal too is that you're going to have something that nobody else is going to have and people will walk into your home and go oh my god where'd you get that it's mine it's, right. yours, it's, it's mine. mine. It's the only one, and I have it. Um, <laughs> but you can't go like, oh yeah, and I, I know that's that's Serena and Lily Chair in blue. You know, like yeah. it, you will not have that reaction. And to me, that goes back to expressing who you really are. Absolutely, expressing your individuality. Well, I will say that your passion really just comes through Thank as you. far as what this is, and Thank you. and and what you've built here at Sage Vintage. I think. Uh, Anybody, you, if you want an experience, and it's not a shopping trip, it's an experience it to an come experience. out, uh, check it out. Sage Vintage is at 1805C Virginia Street. Yes, a street. Street. Mm-hmm. There's um, plenty of parking out front. Yeah, there's a, a lot of parking out mm-hmm. front. And there's actually, it's pretty easy to park on the street in this section. Yeah. And I always tell everybody we're right across from In Homestone. A lot of folks in town know where In Homestone is. Okay. I'll give a shout out to them as well. Okay. And if you're and going down the street from Third Eye Comics, a lot right. of people know that. Right. So. If you're heading toward West Street Steve. on Chincapin, <laughs> just past Third Eye Comics. If yep. you're heading from West Street toward yeah. Forest, it's, it's like just before. It, we're, we're just the best kept secret in Annapolis right now. Let's change that up. Let's, please. I would love to. Let's do that. And make sure you check out this end of the month markets. Look mm-hmm. for them. We'll make sure that we have them on Ion Annapolis to make sure that everybody knows when they're coming up. But those are an awful lot of fun. They are. Um, Because there's like free booze. I mean, what's... what's, (laughs) There's free booze. There's some free food. We usually have some, you know, light appetizers sitting out and, you know, just come and relax and bring your friends or your family, reconnect and um, do a little shopping. Awesome. Sage Vintage. You want to look them up on Facebook? You want to look them up on Instagram? And... As soon as the construction's done, you want to go to shopsagevintage.com. That's right. I hope everybody comes out and experiences all the amazing things that are here. A lot of times, people don't think about the design district as a shopping destination, but I want to change that. And 
this is the source for mid-century modern in Annapolis. You don't have to go to DC. You don't have to go to Baltimore. You can find it in here and, um, you know, come on out and enjoy yourself and maybe take something home that you love. Thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.